All right, peeps, we're back. As always, I'm your host, Lee Bentz, and thank you so much for joining us on the AEW Insider. We got the Hell in a Cell results, my thoughts about it, what have you. First, this is the AEW Insider, so I got a little AEW news. It'll be real quick, but it has to come first because this is all elite all the time. AEW released the details of their second show that I've been talking talking about. It was supposed to be a live show, but it's not. But I think it's actually going to be better. It's called AEW Dark. What it is is that it's a hosted show that shows the dark matches that occur before and after live events. The three I was talking about that happened after, before and after Wednesday Night Dynamite. So that should be really good. Cause some of those matches are awesome. Okay, WWE... Hell in a Cell. The pre-show, we did have Lacey Evans versus Natalia. It was dumb. They let Lacey win the whole match. She worked Natty's knees so Natty could not put her in a sharpshooter. And after 12 minutes of straight ass-whooping Natty, and whooping Natty's ass, I should say, Natty, of course, puts her in a sharpshooter anyway and taps her out. After the match, Natty snuck her with her own woman's right, which was a punch to the kisser. And they'll be fighting again in the last woman's standing match tomorrow on Raw. The main show, the first match, they started it off. They kicked off the, with a ladies' match, and it was a Hell in a Cell match. It was Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks. So they're going to start the show with a Hell in a Cell and end with one, it seemed. This match was very long, but it was a decent match. It went over 30 minutes. Sasha caught Becky entering the ring, and she beat her up before, for a while for they even got in the ring and the match officially started. They both used crazy weapons. Chairs, kendo sticks, ladders, what have you. They were used all night like it was a TLC, see for real. They were pulling out all the stops. Toward the end, Sasha threw about 15 chairs in a ring. One hit Becky in the head while she was doing so. And then, uh, what you call it, she just beat Becky's arm with one, like, pretty bad, so she couldn't tap her out. She went to the top ropes. Lynch caught her. She gave her an exploder off the top rope right onto the pile of chairs. And they both got fucked up when they hit them. And then she put her into this armor and tapped her out for the win. Still, your Raw or Universal Women's Champion... Becky Lynch, a.k.a. The Man. After that, we did have Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan versus Eric Rowan and Luke Harper. I didn't like this match at all. It was a time fuller, waste of time, very, very boring to me. Uh, brutal hits, of course, with three big men like that in the ring. In the end, Roman went to shake Daniel... Oh, Daniel Bryan and Roman did win at the end. In the end, Daniel Bryan... I mean, Roman went to shake Daniel Bryan's hand, and I was hoping that Daniel Bryan was going to attack him and turn heel. Daniel Bryan refused his handshake, so I was like, yes, here it fucking comes. And instead, he wanted a hug. The crowd got behind him and kept chanting, yes, yes, yes. He and Roman embraced, and that was it. It was super lame. All right, after that, we had a match that wasn't announced, not that I knew of. It was Randy Orton versus Ali. Now, you would expect these two to tear the fucking roof off the joint. Both of them were huge talents. I was not impressed. It was way, way slower than it should have been. At one point, Ali actually countered the RKO. He kind of did like a handstand and got out of it, which was cool, but he couldn't capitalize on it. He went for his rolling face buster out of the corner, and he landed right into an RKO. Boom. Your winner, the Viper, Randy Orton. Uh, we did have Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross 
versus the Kabuki Warriors. I didn't expect much out of this match at all, literally. Uh, but the finish did surprise the fuck out of me. Nothing spectacular happened during the match, but in the end, Oscar used her ancient Japanese green mist, like great Japanese wrestlers have used in the past. She sprayed Nikki Cross in the face and got the one, two, three. Kabuki Warriors are your new women's champions. They're trying to make that SmackDown look a little bit better with the switching titles, it seems like, so far. After that, we did have the OC versus the Viking Raiders and their mystery partner. Their mystery partner ended up being Braun Strowman. So this match should have been fucking awesome, too. You got friggin' three guys from the Bullet Club in Japan who are huge talents. You got the Viking Ra Raiders who are huge on the Indies. And Braun's just a man. Uh, it should have been, but it was another lackluster match. Like, the whole night was pretty much going so far up in that point. In the end, uh, what you call it, OC, in the end, the OC jumped Braun, and they got themselves DQ'd until the Viking Raiders came in for the save. Then AJ got Braun alone in a ring. He went for the flying elbow he does from the outside of the ropes, and he got caught by a right hand by Braun Strowman, and he was laid out. They're doing that right hand thing because Braun got into it with the boxing champion the other uh, night on SmackDown or whatever it was on Raw, and that guy's going to be on Raw tomorrow. So they're trying to act like he can do a knockout punch like the big show, like a boxer, what have you. But the winners by DQ were the Viking Experience and Braun Strowman. Uh, after that, the Street Profits cut a promo. Uh, it had R-Truth and uh, Carmella. They actually were running away from people chasing them, and they bumped into the Street, street Profits. When they did that, Tamina actually came from behind and pinned Carmella for the 24-7 title. As she was about to take off, Tyler Breeze just stopped her. He showed up out of nowhere like, hey, I'm back, I guess. She slapped him in the face and just took off running. After that, we did have King Corbin versus Chad Gable. Uh, let me see. This was this was one of the better matches of the night. I'm glad Gable did get the win. That's your winner. Spoiler. Gable is a huge talent. He deserves a push, but he did not get the show off during the match. It was all King Corbin, all the way. He beat the shit out of Shorty G, and then Shorty G caught him with a small package for the win. Like I said, I'm glad he won, but it's dumb of them to let Corbin lose and beat a brunt of promos like he did with The Rock so much right after his reign, because his King of the Ring reign is going to mean squat if they keep dissing him and giving him losses. Your winner, Chad Cable, a.k.a. Shorty G. SmackDown Women's Champions, Bailey vs. Charlotte Flair. After Bailey entered, Tamina was on the outside of the ring. She was running through the crowd trying to get away. She grabbed Funaki from the uh, Japanese announce table and used him as a human shield. She pushed Funaki into R-Truth, and Carmella snuck her from the back, hit her with a super kick. She told R-Truth to pin her. R-Truth got the three count, and R-Truth again is your 24-7 champion for like the 28th time in a fucking... I mean, 28 times now. And just a little side note, Corey Graves is so fucking lucky man carmella is so super hot she's always been but she's in better shape her short her little tights are even uh, shorter she's fucking gorgeous uh let me see all right we'll take a break real quick after this we do have the smackdown women champion match which is bailey versus charlotte flair we do have the universal title match which is seth rollins versus the fiend and i definitely got some news too so don't go away i got some good stories all right, definitely check us out on all social media. It's the AEW Insider on all podcasting platforms, YouTube and Facebook, and the AEW Insider number one. One.
on Twitter. All right, we'll be back right back, peeps, peeps, with the rest of the results from Hell in a Cell and some awesome wrestling news. All right, peeps, we're back. I feel like I might have said this already, blah, 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 but I hope I didn't say this match. But next up was SmackDown's women champion, Bailey versus Charlotte's Flair. Flair, I know I said the part with the 24-7 champion thing, blah, 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 but we'll get to this match. To me, nothing spectacular. And, they, and Flair hit her with a figure eight and became the champion once again. Of course, they want a Flair to be the face of the women's division since they're able to, and Fox will be very happy. Bailey bugged out after the match throwing ring steps, and then she just sat down on the floor and pretty much pouted. Your new SmackDown's women champ or WWE women champ, Charlotte Flair. They then had G- Chad Gable backstage give an interview. He was using a bunch of short puns to his advantage, like King Corbin came up a little bit short and how he was the bigger man, yada yada. Then Corbin came out of nowhere and whooped his ass. The final match of the night was for the Universal Championship. It was Seth Rollins versus The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt's entrance kicked ass, of course. He had his severed head lantern with him. He put it over his real face at first. It was definitely cool. The entrance had a lot of darkness and blood red. It kicked ass. The entire match, the arena was dark except the blood red light all over the ring in a cage, what have you. The match was awesome. They did the same thing they did when Raw went off of Aerie the last week of the week before, when Seth hit him with everything with the kitchen sink. Multiple foot stomps, super kicks, pedigrees, what have you. The Fiend was fucking kicking out at a one count every time. Seth stood over him and whacked him straight in the head with a chair. Still only got a one count. Then he went and got a ladder and hit him with a chair. Got a one count. Then he went outside the ring and he got a big toolbox full of wrenches, tools, and everything. He whacked the chair and the ladder. Still got a one count. Well, after well, he didn't get a one count, he wasn't even going for the pin after that. Well, maybe he was, blah, blah, blah. I apologize. But then after that, he had a chair over his face, a ladder, and the heavy toolbox. He went out on the side of the ring looking for a weapon, and he grabbed the fucking sledgehammer. Triple H's sledgehammer, a.k.a. his old mentors. He wanted to hit the Fiend, and the ref kept talking him out of it. Seth literally was almost crying because he couldn't believe that the Fiend brought him to this point. And then, of course, whack! He whacked it all with a sledgehammer. The fucking ref rang the bell. He got the disqualification, but he keeps his title. See, I said it would be the other way around. He was going to keep his title by DQ, but I predicted that The Fiend would get disqualified and fucking what you call it, maybe get the Firefly. Not Firefly, but the Wyatt Brothers back together. Didn't happen. But anyway, Seth got DQ'd, but you can't. the title doesn't exchange hands on a DQ or a countout, so he kept his title. They lifted the cage and a paramedics rushed to the scene and the fiend got up. He was fine. He hit Seth with the mandible claw. The crowd went fucking bananas and kept screaming for them to restart the match because them, like myself, want the fiend as the champion. He then hit Seth with his sister Abigail on the exposed concrete on the floor and he followed it up with another mandible claw. Tons of fake blood, even though it looked real spewed from Seth Rollins' mouth. It went dark, and then the fiend was just at the top of the stage, and the camera was just doing in-and-out crazy angles. So your winner was the fiend, but your champion is still Seth Rollins. Alright, let's get into some news real quick, and then we'll wrap this up for you peeps. It has come to light that The Undertaker himself was told that he was not needed for Friday Night Smackdown. Can you imagine? To me, that's insane. 
I mean, Angle, Taker, The Rock, they carried SmackDown a long way in the past. Um, who knows what's up with that? Probably just not enough time. And I heard the Bellas were told the same thing because they were hitting about coming on SmackDown too. So they get all these people to take flights, fucking stay backstage, and they don't even use them. Matt Hardy actually tweeted about his brother since so many people are asking about Jeff Hardy's recent arrest. He pretty much said that he loves Jeff, he wants him to be happy and healthy, but he has to worry about his family, his wife, and his three kids. Well, soon to be third child in the way. He said you can't control anybody else's actions. And WWE put out a statement too that said pretty much that Jeff has to make decisions about his life. So who knows, man. We wish you the best, Hardy. SmackDown killed it in the ratings Friday night. In the first hour, when The Rock was on especially, they topped over 4 million fucking viewers. AEW only got 1.8 the other night. And that's not even only. These are great numbers for cable. Um, after the first hour, though, it definitely flopped, but it still killed it in the ratings. Uh, congrats to WWE. Let's hope they can keep this momentum going. It literally was the most watched WWE program in almost two years. The live Fox show that they're doing premieres on October 15th on FS1 after a game. And we might see PM, uh, CM Punk back in a few days, which is fucking crazy, people. So it's not going to be live after SmackDown. It's going to be a live show, but it's called WWE Backstage. Punk is definitely going to be there. Also, instead of having the draft over a two-night period, WWE is definitely wanting to give Fox everything. Now, they were supposed to be on Raw and then another one or the second half on SmackDown. Now, the WWE Raw tomorrow night just going to do a draft showcase, and then they're going to have the full draft on SmackDown Friday night. Goldberg and Matt Riddle are still going at it. Now, I think now, by now, it's a setup for promos on Fox and a pay-per-view, a fight between them. But they interviewed Goldberg on a blue carpet before SmackDown Friday night, and they asked him some questions. This is what Goldberg had to say. On if he has another match in him, he said, there's at least one more in me. On WWE NXT... He said, I don't care about NXT, anybody who is NXT, until they get to the, you know, until they move over here. I don't need to talk about them. And they asked about Matt Riddle. He said, who's that? I don't even know who that is, okay? So if you want to get a good answer from me, you might want to ask a question about somebody to me who is visible, because I don't even know who that is. <laughs> so they're still going at it. Matt Riddle, never to be one for a loss that words, tweeted to Goldberg. Simply, he responded, why are you always lying, bro? <laughs> so I can't wait to see these two fight. That's going to be a good fucking match. And finally, John Cena has removed himself from the upcoming Saudi Arabia Crown Jew pay-per-view. Not even because of movies, whatever. He just told them straight up, I refuse to fucking go over there. So there won't be any Cena back anytime soon, and I can see. All right, Pete's, we're going to wrap it up. I wanted to get that to you guys as quick as possible. Uh, I'll be doing videos again on YouTube at the end of this week, this upcoming weekend. Not this week, but I'll still be putting out the podcast for you. I got another Movies and More episode for you probably Tuesday. I got another wrestling show either Wednesday night after Dynamite or Thursday. And then we'll get some YouTube videos pumping on the weekend. Please go like, share, subscribe our YouTube channel. We got 50 subscribers right now, even though that doesn't, as you guys are probably laughing. 
laugh. And to me, that's amazing. I started at fucking zero. So not even doing it a year and having 50 to me is pretty damn good. So I appreciate you guys and all your love. We got a bunch of different stuff besides wrestling. I talk about video games, movies, music, recommendations, books, what have you. So definitely check it out and show us some love. Uh, and we got AEW coming up on October 16th in Philadelphia. I'm going to have coverage after, of that and some dark matches and shit for the channel. And plus a lot, lot more coming up. I had something else to say, but it slipped in my mind. But I'm doing these all the time for you guys now, so I'm sure I'll remember it and write it down for the next show. All right, I'm rambling on, people, as always. Please check out all our podcasts. You can get them on Apple, Google, Breaker Radio, Spotify, wherever podcasting is. I think it's on 8 or 18 platforms, so that's awesome. Show us some love on Facebook and YouTube under the AEW Insider. And on Twitter, it's the AEW Insider 1. Check out our Halloween videos, what have you. All right, peace. We'll see you in a couple days. As always, I'm your host, Lee Benz. This is the AEW Insider. Ciao, peeps.